I'm going in. It's too big. Size matters not. Didn't go in. So it's big. What's up, fellow Star Wars nerds? Welcome to episode 19 of Hoth Topic. I'm your host, Chris, otherwise known as Darth Dad, on our main show, the Sarlacc Digest. Uh, coming at you today, a little late again. I know I'm horrible at this, but hell, I'm here, and I'm in the car again. Uh, so if you hear people honking at me or me honking at somebody else, uh, just try to ignore that. Just imagine if I'm honking or somebody's honking at me, there are fingers flying in me raging. Just... Uh, have that in your head for a minute. But, uh, you know, there's not a whole lot going on. You'd think right now there would be, but I think everything's kind of getting held for celebration and Comic-Con and everything else coming up. So I imagine we won't get a whole lot of news for another, you know, just about a month or so when things start really, really breaking. Uh, It's so bad in the news world that I saw one of the uh, sites on Facebook today decided to post an article about NSYNC uh, almost being an attack of the clones. You know, they're only like 17 years late on that news, so people are just scrounging for stuff and hungry for stuff. I don't think I need to go back quite that far to, to get things going. I do think there's enough of things popping that I can talk about it and go with it. Um, so let's just jump right into it. I don't think this will be a very long show. I should have this one wrapped up well before I get home. Uh, but let's see what happens, you know. Sometimes I ramble on like I am right now, and before you know it's an hour and 30 minutes and we're done. So, I just finished the new canon book, Queen's Shadow. Well, I should say I finished it last week, but, you know, I didn't do a show. So, to talk about that, you first have to understand my feelings on Padme through the canon right now. And through the Clone Wars cartoon and through the prequels, I just really think between her acting being wooden, you know, Nellie Portman's and the dialogue she was given in the prequels by George Lucas, that already left something to be desired, right? I already wasn't a huge fan at that point. Besides, I dug Pat and Natalie Portman back then. But uh, as far as the character of Padme, it, it didn't really fly for me. The Clone Wars just went and made it worse because the Clone Wars episodes with Padme, I swear, were all fillers, right? And we've talked about that on Sarlacc uh, many times, that if I saw... Padme, Jar Jar, and 3PO, that is the um, filler episode trifecta from hell, right? I know damn well I'm skipping that episode or I can do other things while it's on. So anything with Padme has been kind of a bore, but I'm a fan of the canon. I I love the books. I love listening to the books or reading the books. And since I drive so much, I listen to them all now. Um, So I listened to the Queen's Shadow. I was pretty excited for it. Maybe we can get some you know, a little bit of action during the Clone Wars or what have you, but it wasn't during that time frame. This is about four years, four years after the Phantom Menace. So she's still pretty young. Anakin's off learning his Jedi stuff. He's on his own uh, with the Jedi. Um, we're really, and it, not even at a time of war necessarily, right? We haven't started the Clone War yet. Uh, we're not even talking Separatists yet. This is all stuff going on politically. And my first problem with that is we already kind of have some of those books. We have Princess of Alderaan with Leia, which is a very political-based... It was wartime, but not in the mix of it. It was was pre-Civil War. 
and then we had uh, Bloodline, which is fantastic, but that was a very political book too. So we've had a lot of these non-action political type stories, and as you probably heard me on Sarlacc say, I'm, I'm, I'm needing a little bit more from the canon. I am a huge canon fan. I dig the lore. I always pick the little bits out of each book, whether I like it or not, and I take it and, and place it where I need it um, to understand the story more, the overall story. This book's a, kind of one of those things where I just pick through it and grab the pieces I want to know and fuck the rest, right? Because the story itself, I was bored to tears. Like, it really, it might as well have been a long-ass Clone Wars arc where I'm just like, fuck, can we skip this shit? Um, not a good book at all. I don't think it was really well-written. I don't think the story had much to do with anything um, going forward or had much ramification in what was going on later in the in the prequels. It was just a book about Padme and her handmaidens. Now, with that part said, it was cool to get some insight on the handmaidens and how they were and how they were all duplicates. Um, I guess the coolest part of the story talks about, and remember, I talk spoilers. I just go through it. I know you guys don't all read these books, and I wouldn't recommend this one anyway. But I, I just go through it. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to blast whatever comes in my head about it. So the handmaidens are all Amidala, right? There's an Amidala persona, they call it. When you're Amidala, you're Amidala. Otherwise, you're one of the handmaidens. That includes Padme, right? And then they're, all their names. We already knew about Kourmet and Sabe and all, the, all these names, right? Kourmet and Sabe. To learn that those weren't really their names was kind of neat. That they all take on the the May, basically, on the end of their name. I'd be Chris May, you know, if I was a lady handmaiden, I guess. And I looked like Natalie Portman. Um, but they all take on this name and they basically swear themselves to her and they all become best friends and do these things and they're when I say this it'll sound sexist but they're really into they all very good about the, the makeup the hair the clothes all that kind of thing as far as Amidala to make them all look alike and they can make each other look like Padme through the makeup the hair and the disguise and how neat that part is right and um so that was a cool bit and how they all knew how Padme thought. Um, especially, ah, shit. Was it Sabe? I believe it was. That was really the the uh, expert on being her. The best at it. Her right hand, as it were. Um, so that, that that was cool. Those, those parts were cool. Um, I did dig when they would say, can we, you know, they'd have to do a quick change or quick switch and they would go into stuff like that. That kind of stuff is neat. Little espionage stuff with the queen, um, or the senator even, because some of the, some of the books she was a senator. Most of the books she was a senator. Uh, the rest of it, not so much. The other cool things, really, I would say, uh, is the thought of Nabu, on Nabu, how they see Qui Gon Jinn. They really not worship Qui Gon, but they respect and appreciate what he did during the Phantom Menace, during the. Um, Nemordian's blockade um, that, that that he risked everything and gave everything to protect that planet they have a Qui-Gon statue they all speak very highly of him Qui-Gon's a big deal on Naboo and I never really thought about that at all it would have never even occurred to me that Naboo would even give a shit years later about what happened so four years later they're still thinking about it still honor him and that's pretty fucking cool 
uh, anything else in this book that I gave a damn about. Oh, okay, this is one part I didn't... It was interesting. I'm not sure that I like it at all, only because it was never mentioned in the prequels or given any kind of weight in the Clone Wars, anything. Never mentioned. So I don't know if I like this part. But there's a point where Padme is trying to free slaves, right? She thinks slavery should be abolished. So she uses her wealth and power to try and free slaves on Tatooine. Okay, and they, they, she gets some. But while this mission is going on, and she's sending her people to do this, mind you, she's not there. But she's told to find Watto and find Shmi Skywalker and free her. Why the fuck didn't this come up anywhere? Like, it's never been mentioned at any point anywhere. You gotta be careful, I'm talking to the writers here, when you add things to canon that it can be brushed away without a problem or it can be explained through something else. Having Padme try to free Shmi and them saying there was no trace of Watt of the, of the Toydarian, there was no trace of him, no trace of Shmi, they didn't know anything, that should have come up somewhere, right? Like, that... that could have been mentioned anywhere in a movie or a book or a comic already or the Clone Wars cartoon. To add that now kind of throws me off in episode two when they go searching and they land at Mos Espa and they're looking for, uh, and they find Watto seemingly fairly easily, right? When Anakin and Padme see it. And she doesn't say, I've been looking for you. She doesn't tell Anakin on screen anyway that these things happen. Uh, what the hell? I, I just feel like that part was was an odd ad. It wasn't something that added to the story at all. I think it was just thrown out there to, to show that she still thought about Anakin. I just didn't dig it. Didn't dig that part at all. Um, it's it's a weird weird ad. But the Qui Gon bit and the 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 uh, handmaiden uh, Amidala persona, that's cool. You know, I'm I'm okay with that. And of course, we get to see all the. It was basically like just an extension of the Phantom Menace as far as characters go. We did see uh, and hear about Panaka and his wife and Typho and Palpatine and Bibble. All these folks that we're used to seeing in the Phantom Menace, uh, they were all there. Uh, Mon Mothma. And that's. A, and. and uh, shit. I lost their fucking names. Organas, the Organas, goddamn. Bale and Breha. They were obviously mentioned too. So, a lot of that going on, but it's all very uh, story and political. Not a lot of action or plot to me that gives a damn anywhere else. So, if you're looking for my rating, it's like a two, just because of the two things that I got out of it, out of five. But I, I wouldn't recommend the read. It wasn't a great read, a fun read, or anything else. And the small bits that are added weren't even that groundbreaking. So, there you go. Two out of five on that one. That's probably one of the worst reviews. It's up there with the Legend of Luke Skywalker as far as reviews go. I didn't like that book at all. So, there you have that. Now, I am looking forward to Master and Apprentice coming out soon. Master and Apprentice is by Claudia Gray. And Claudia Gray did Lost Stars and Bloodline and, and has a really, really good track record with these canon books. So, I'm... I'm excited about Master and Apprentice. Plus, I like Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, so fuck it. It's gotta be great, right? Can't be bad. Well, I guess it can't be. Shit. I should never say something like that. So, there you have it. Now, on the news front, what did I read today? 
I read that the uh, Game of Thrones guys, right? And it's supposedly, I, I see here's the thing. The word is, I'm not going to say supposedly almost confirmed, because that pisses me off when I read that, right? I'm like, it is or it isn't. So it's not confirmed. But the word on the street is that they are working on a, a movie that will start filming early next year, that it is going to be based hundreds of years prior to the Skywalker saga, and it is Old Republic. If that comes through, it was the obvious one, right? That's what we guessed right up front. I immediately said, well, why wouldn't we just give these guys a, a Old Republic movie and we're done. It makes total sense. So if that's what it is, I'm pretty sure everybody thought that anyway. It makes sense. Worst kept secret in history. But it, it's perfect. It's the perfect fit. I would love to see this Old Republic movie um, trilogy in or saga, however many movies they do. I don't think they even said it was a trilogy or a set or whatever it is. But this Old Republic saga done by the Game of Thrones guys in that style. I'd fucking love it. I don't need the sister kissing, mother kissing, dragon having, well dragons are cool, but you know what I mean, we don't need all, all the sex and craziness, but the violence I'm cool with, doesn't have to be necessarily R-rated to that point, but I'm, I'm cool with a, a more aggressive Old Republic, that's what that would have been, right, to me, with the more Sith versus more Jedi, it's going to be a little more gruesome. Um, I'm not one of the guys that needs blood and guts and all this shit around, but that's just how that movie would play out. So, I'm looking forward to that. I can't wait to hear more. And I'm guessing at this point, since things are starting to come out a little bit, this will be one of those things noted at Celebration. They'll probably bring these guys on stage and talk about that. That's my guess for Celebration. They'll be a big deal. Besides just, uh, we'll obviously get at least a title and a trailer. I think we'll get a trailer for Nine. I think also we'll start getting some information on the Game of Thrones fellas. So, now this next part's not news. It's kind of a piggyback off of last week, my show and the Sarlacc show. We've been talking about Mark Hamill, okay? And I don't mean to bash on Mark Hamill. I dig Mark Hamill. He seems like a cool dude. Everybody I hear says he's really nice when they meet him at a con. All this stuff, great. But as I said after his first tweet, you know, he's just riling people up. He's not thinking about the story or the fans or Star Wars or Lucasfilm or anything in general. He's not. He's thinking about Mark Hamill, okay? And... He did it again. He came out with a post right after we recorded Sarlacc with him, Mark Hamill, hugging Harrison Ford, saying, this is what a Han and Luke reunion could have been like. Mind you, fucking Mark Hamill has the biggest, cheesiest fanboy grin on his face ever. Okay? And that's where I think part of the problem is when you see that look on Mark's face, that genuine look, you realize he doesn't give a fuck. Right? And I know that Chris Porteous, I get your point, and I totally understand, man. I do. Uh, maybe people do agree with him, but I think Mark just likes to get people fucking riled up because Mark is upset that Mark Harrison and Carrie weren't on screen together. And we did that with that fanboy smile on his face. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, he just makes it more. So, right? This is a couple days after he got everybody riled up about the other piece. The other, the other thing about Luke's arc and how, you know, the sequels have missed having them all together. So he did that again a couple days later to get more people riled up. Then he's in an article, or uh, another post, talking about articles saying how he hates Star Wars or he hates the character of Luke or he hates how it went. And he's like, really? Do I? This stuff's taken out of context. I'm like, what the fuck? It's not taken out of context, man, when you're fucking tweeting it all the time. When it's on your Twitter and your Instagram, you know, seemingly bashing or disagreeing with the house of mouse, that, the fuck, dude? Nobody does that. We gotta, we gotta stop that. There is no reason 
Let me say this first. Actors in general are not more intelligent or in the know than we are about most things, right? I mean, in, in general. But even the Star Wars saga, he's an actor in there. He is Luke Skywalker. I guarantee you he hasn't read as much stuff as most of us have, right? He hasn't watched a movie as many times as we have. He hasn't gone through all this shit. You know, you hear him talk about the early days of Star Wars. It was no big deal, right? It became a big deal later. Um, so, I think him doing this and, and going after Disney, basically, and, and keep bringing it up, is just a, a way for him to, to stay in the mainstream, you know? Him, Carrie, and Harrison on screen together, for him would have been this ultimate deal, right? This big deal. Would it have been a big deal for Harrison Ford? Would it have even been a big deal for Carrie Fisher? Not as much as it is for Mark Hamill. Would I have wanted to see Luke, Han, and Leia on screen with Chewie and stuff? Yes, I would have. I'm not going to lie. I would have liked to see it. But what would it really have done for the story? If we're going by this new sequel story and the arc it's going in, what would it have done differently? Why would we have had to have them? And mind you, most of this stuff isn't Disney's fault. So the only way they could have avoided this was to put him in the very first one early. And that wasn't the point. That's not what they were trying to do. Putting Luke Skywalker in the movie with his powers early could just wipe everybody out. We didn't need that part. So plot-wise, we didn't have to have the reunion. I mean, fuck. The biggest complaint about The Force Awakens is that it was a rehash of uh, New Hope, right? So if all of a sudden I get a reunion somewhere and we're saving the day and doing this with Han, Luke, Leia, Chewie, and the droids, we'll get to, we're fucking rehashing A New Hope even more. Okay, so everybody that complains about the rehashing is also complaining about not seeing these guys together. Fuck, it was Harrison Ford. He wanted to die. He's wanted to die since Empire Strikes Back. We all know this. This is common knowledge. This isn't something that, that you know, that somebody just heard about yesterday. We know this. We've known this for years. So Harrison has to die because he wants to. So that still leaves pretty much everybody but him. And we got everybody talking to everybody. We just didn't get the main three together, right? So go through the list. We obviously had Han and Chewie together. We had Han, Chewie, and Leia together. We had Han, Chewie, 3PO, Chewie, all these guys together. Then we have R2 and 3PO in the room with Han and Leia. We have... Uh, Luke with Chewbacca. We have Luke with R2 and Chewbacca. We have Luke with Leia. Luke with 3PO. We have interaction with all of our main characters. We just didn't have them on the screen at the same time together. That's not a huge deal to me. It really isn't. Would I like to see it? Sure. It would have given me a, oh, how, how awesome they're there for a minute. But when it comes down to the story, I'm going with Disney's story now. I'm okay with the plot, with the direction, where they're going. I want to see what happens in 9. So, if what happens in 9 comes out great, what does it matter? If this whole trilogy comes out great because of 9, what does it matter we never saw these guys together? Would it have mattered if Luke came in earlier? Just, just They would have had to change that whole thing. The whole Octo visit, his whole barrage vow, if you want to call it that, or him just being you know, scared and going off. Whatever you want to call it. We, we would have had a whole different arc. Then everything would have changed for the, the whole trilogy. And I know many people would want that, you know, but it's not what they were writing. It's not where they were going. So and they weren't thinking, oh, let's just put them on screen together just to make Mark happy. Because honestly, 
if everybody else wanted that, they would have had it, right? Harrison wanted to fucking die, so he obviously didn't give a fuck if they had a reunion on screen at all. You know, it, it even kind of drives me nuts, because I got in this discussion this week online about, oh, look out, Lando, Disney's going to kill you, oh, they're going to kill Chewie, and they're going to destroy the Falcon, and they're going to... They have literally killed two characters, okay? One, Han, because again, Harrison asked them to, or probably insisted they do so, okay? The other was Luke, who really, is he dead? We're going to see him. He's going to be a force ghost, and he's going to be in flashbacks. Can we get over it? Those are the two they literally killed on screen. That's it. Unless you're counting Akbar, and again, I still state that if they were going to hit the bridge and destroy it and show Leia using the forces, Akbar had to be on the bridge of the command ship. Or else if he would have bitched about that, I would have bitched about that. That's the only place he should have been. So Akbar dying made sense too. But I'm not going to count him as one of the mains. Okay, He's a side character. Like it or not, he is. Um, but they've killed the two. Carrie Fisher is still in Nine. They haven't even killed off the character and she's passed away. She's dead, and they're not going to kill Leia. So, I mean, they might, and it makes sense if they do. But come on! I mean, mind you, I have said since the day she passed away that Disney, Lucasfilm, they don't have to kill Leia. They can um, commemorate Carrie Fisher's memory by keeping Leia alive in the saga as long as they possibly can. So I, I think that's what they'll do. That's it, though. That wouldn't even be their fault. So they've killed two characters, one who we'll still see and one who will still help out, and one because he insisted. Where is Disney just destroying our childhood people? Why do we keep bitching about them killing people? Lando's in no danger just because. Chewie's in no danger just because. Especially since they did this whole revamp, much of this revamp, because they needed Chewie back, right? Because killing Chewie off in the old EU is really a, a game changer for everybody, a deal breaker. So, there you have it. I don't think they're going to kill them. If they kill the droids, holy fuck. Could you imagine if they fucking blew up R2? Like, if he, he's been shot. 3PO's been shot. These guys have been blown apart, done things to, chewed up and spit out, and they still survive. I cannot imagine them killing the droids. That'd be wild. The droids and Chewie is the one I would lose my mind, to be honest with you. Those are the two, well, three characters that I would probably lose my mind the most on. Everybody else kind of makes sense. Well, you gotta, you got to have the droids antiquated as they are, and we know they are, right? At this point, it's more ball droids and everything else. You just can't kill those guys. So, everybody's still bitching about the, you know, Disney killed my characters and we'll never have this, we'll never have that. Think about it for a minute. Get your head out of your ass and let's move on. Um, and just enjoy what they're, what they're bringing. And again, I'm, I'm super fucking excited to see Nine, man. I, I saw that, uh, that piece about uh, The Only Hope as the possible title. At this point, I'm pretty sure it's bullshit. Um, looking over the, the the layout of everything. They had it like a marketing, if you didn't see it. Um, I don't think we posted it. It was a, a set of pictures and fonts and type for marketing deals, right? And it would say Star Wars, um, The Only Hope. I was kind of okay with that. Remember, my title that I have in, in, in my fake world was Hope Reborn. Because I think the... The, the um, whole thing around hope right now is where it should end. Right, We first started it with A New Hope. I think it should end with something with hope. Um, they talked about hope all up in number eight. 
So I, I, I would love that, right? And the original message from Leia to Obi-Wan was, you are only hope. And I would love either only hope to pay homage to that or hope reborn showing a new set coming in. Either one I'm cool with, but I'm pretty sure right now um, the only hope is probably bullshit. Somebody just messing around on their computer and set that into Reddit and got us all worked up. I'm fairly sure anyway. If it comes out that way, great. I won't complain at all. I'm sure somebody will and say it's boring, but it's really, it wouldn't be horrible. Uh, I'm okay with that. But we should be getting official news on that soon, I hope. As soon as we do, that's when everything will break, right? As soon as we get official word on the title, the whole fucking world will explode, and I will love it. Because then we will have... What are we in right now? March? About to be April? We're going to have eight months of little bits and pieces coming out. Pictures will start coming out soon. More uh, more pictures and better pictures than we've seen. Because really we haven't seen much of anything besides uh, the new crew and Chewie with what we think are the nerfs um, on those hills. It's really it as far as any kind of pictures, right? There's no, They've been really secretive, really good. Like the cast says they don't even know the, the title. Only JJ knows the title. So I mean, that's a it's all pretty rad. That's also a reason I think, you know, the only hope is probably not correct. Or if it is, if they are working on marketing, they could be using the only hope just as a placeholder, right? Uh, and and going to put it whatever else. They're just using that phrase, and I'm, that wouldn't surprise me either. So, let's see. Is there anything else? I'm asking you like you're going to be able to tell me, but really nobody's going to tell me shit because it's a one-man show. So what do we have? What do we have? Oh, Resistance. So Resistance finally got going in episode 17 or 18 out of 21, right? So we got a couple uh, episodes and, and seeing the Colossus turn into a ship or be a ship. Um, that was pretty cool, I suppose. Wasn't mind-blowing or anything like, oh, fuck, the Colossus is a ship. It's, it's Star Wars. It can be a ship. But that was cool. I like the fact that we've gone into the little bit more in the first order i like that tam's gone to the first order i dig that they took somebody out of their ranks and, and turned them against the the crew uh still don't I, I like i don't love kaz because of everything that went through the first 16 episodes but i like where kaz is going now he's not so lame brain uh i'm a shot old i am like jerry lewis type style type stuff and it's none of that, right? It's it's. It seems like he's becoming kind of more like young Luke at this point, without the Jedi, the Jedi Master training him and a burnt aunt and uncle and yada yada. Although his planet did get blown up, right? So he's had to grow up fast these last couple of episodes, and I think that's been that's been really good. I mean, a couple of things we're missing, obviously, and I think they're going to do this for the next season after Nine comes out. Is seeing some of the dirty stuff inside the First Order. Like, now that we got Tam over there, maybe we'll get some behind-the-scenes looks. Maybe we'll see more of Kylo Ren. Maybe we'll actually see the Knights of Ren within the First Order after Nine comes out. That's somewhere they can go and expand on this. I'm really hoping they just take Season 2 after Episode 9 comes out and just make it more in the line with the Clone Wars and Rebels and make it more important. I get it that it's a kid's show. I don't mind the animation. I don't mind some of the talk or the characters. I get it that they're for kids. This, this whole thing's for kids, but most of us are 
little bit older and still love the shit, right? Um, I, I just hope they go more Rebels, Clone Wars type stuff and, and give us more Star Wars lore. Once it became, once they put the wars back in Resistance and made it Star Wars again, not Star Races hanging around, fucking around on the Colossus. Now that we've been in battles and seen ships and done these things and now we're with the First Order, we have a legit villain type stuff. I, that's what I like. Now it feels a little bit more like Star Wars. We can go from here. Just don't fuck it up and go backwards on me, right? Like I said, Rebels, the biggest thing they ever fucked up, and I, I love the series, was they cock-teased us so long about Ezra turning dark and it never went that way. It never really even culminated hardly at all. And they made us wait so long for it to fizzle out, right? We had to wait episodes for it. A whole season off, plus probably like eight episodes for it to pay off, kind of. So I don't want them to do that with this. I don't want them to come back season two and all of a sudden Tam's back. We learned nothing. You know, Kaz is back to being a bumbling fool. I don't want any of that. I'd like it to see it progress, get better, um, and be right after episode eight and know what's going on. And Actually, that's perfect. If they, these guys are left after episode eight, that's kind of... Holy fuck, here we go. These guys weren't in seven. They weren't in eight. They're somewhere, though, right? So... We could see Kaz and all and this whole crew somewhere in nine. It, it's possible we could see the Colossus, right? Now that I'm thinking about it, this isn't a bad idea to bring them on screen and and use a bit of this. Um, main characters are more human. You can make them look. You can get actors to play them. I, this is doable. I could I could start seeing people from Resistance in here. That would definitely bring the kids they were aiming at into the movie more. Um, it wouldn't have to be a big, oh my god, it's Kaz. It, it would be great for us. A general moviegoer wouldn't have to know anything about him. Uh, yeah, that's where I'm going now. I'm pretty sure some resistance stuff will be in 9. It only makes sense. They'll, and season 2 will have them leading up to 9, just like this, leading up to 7. So we're going to go with that. And by the time Sarlacc comes on, I'll have a much, much better theory, I'm sure. But I think that's where we're going. That's, uh, that's going to be part of their new crew of rebellion will be the Colossus crew. Alright. I can't think of anything else right now, honestly. I, like I said, I've been rambling. You guys are used to me rambling. So, for next week, since you guys are listening, please send me some some questions, some topics you want me to cover. Let's go through that. Let's do that again. Those are always my favorite episodes when it's, you know, listener feedback and participation. I love that shit. You know, it, we don't ever need news. We don't ever need anything. We just need to have a conversation. That's what I like to do. Whether it's by myself or with you guys, I love to conversate and talk about Star Wars and go through stuff. It does make me happy. And it definitely has made this ride go. This last half hour or so has just flown the fuck by. Um, on regular nerd shit, I, I, you know, I really haven't seen Captain Marvel yet. I'm probably going to see it this weekend. Uh, heard mixed things. I haven't been that high on the Marvel movies as of late, having to see them right off the bat. Um, and I haven't minded any spoilers, which bugs me. Normally, I would mind a spoiler if I gave more of a shit. I really have starting to um, cool my jets on the MCU. It's all, is it because it's a lot of them, because there's there's 20, 21 or 22 of them, is that why? Or is it because I'm just seeing that there's no real um, risk, right? There are no consequences. Um, even when we lost um, Agent Coulson, he came right back on TV. Right, the snap, I know is bullshit. We know they're all coming back somehow, some way. So 
you know, I, I just don't. I don't know. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe, maybe Endgame will bring back my love and give me something that I wasn't expecting, that I haven't seen before. That I'm like, oh fuck, they did that. That took balls. Just like Rogue One. Okay, when Rogue One, at, before we went in, I said they've got to show they have balls, right? They have to. I have to see Tarkin, and we saw Tarkin, not just the back of his head. And you can go back to our episodes before Rogue One, um, saying that this is what they had to do, and they had Tarkin. He was a big part of it perfectly great everybody has to die they did it and they did it clean they didn't do it dirty they they were they all went out in a blaze of glory one by one and we saw them all and loved it okay great job there then i said we have to see the plans change hands or leia give it to r2 or her get the plans something like that they have to see we have to see leia and we'll probably see the back of her in a robe down the hall or whatever it was going to be where we the different angle of her giving r2 the plans whatever we were going to see we had to see something like that and then they straight turned around and, and saw Leia being handed hope, which again goes back into the hope is everything. So they did everything, and I thought, fuck, that took some balls to do. You know, they did everything they had to do, whether it was CGI on actors that were too old or passed away, where they went and killed all the main characters in the movie. That all took balls, and I loved it. Okay, and that's what makes me love that movie is really shit. The last half hour of that is worth the ticket. Same thing uh, going back to Infinity War. When they when when Tony got stabbed in the gut, I was ready to stand up in the theater and go, fuck yeah, that took balls. You're killing Tony Stark. Well done. This made the movie everything. You know, now I now I have faith in Marvel, blah, blah, blah. Well, then they bring him alive and they snap and everybody else is dead. Or half of everybody else. Eh, it didn't take that many balls. I know nobody else is, everybody else is coming back. Killing off a main character like that would have taken a lot of guts. Um, and I get they have a plan for Endgame, just kind of like I'm saying about Star Wars and why did they kill off characters, whereas in Marvel I'm saying why didn't they kill off. I get that it's kind of hypocritical, but I'm saying I just want something that shows a bit of guts, courage, and is against the mold. I, I have seen numerous times the hero running into battle, looking up at the sky in a super pose, all this stuff. I've seen it. I've seen it on every trailer, every one. And again, I love the movies, but I just lately, probably the last two years, I haven't been going to the premieres and I haven't been buying them on Blu-ray right away and I wait until like Christmas when they're super cheap and I catch back up. And I don't want to be like that. I want to love it again. So I'm really hoping that Endgame, which I will be at opening day, is the one that, that has some guts and some meat and does something real and surprising and isn't just... Since it's the culmination of all of them, right? It shouldn't be leading into anything else. We shouldn't be trying to set something else up. It should just be the fucking bookend. You know, just stop. And, and that's it. And that's your story. And that's what I really want, I, I hope. So let's see if that brings some of the love back. And we'll, we'll, we'll see. But I'm pretty excited for it. So next month we got that going. So that's my regular nerd stuff. Anything else? Oh, if you didn't catch, I was on last week's episode of the Podcasting Dead with Ernie and Marco. Um, we had a Sarlacc digest invasion so if you haven't checked it out check that out um i'm pretty much exactly the same on the walking dead as i am here or sarlacc so sorry about that but then i went to go watch it this week and you know what fucking happened i had it i I dvr everything i'm not a big on-demand guy or i don't stream shit but i I have a dvr and i uh the fucking emergency broadcast system fucking comes on Right, so I'm not watching it live. I'm only a couple minutes into it. The emergency broadcasting system comes up, which brings it to live. 
which killed the recording. So I didn't get it recorded. It's hard to explain, but I seriously got like 15 minutes total of The Walking Dead. So that fucking sucks. So I got to catch up on that. And besides that, no other nerds up that I can possibly think of at this moment. Oh, fuck. Wait, wait, wait. James Gunn. Let's go into that for a second. So when James Gunn got fired, I'm pretty sure I had said, you know, too bad for James Gunn, but there are consequences for things you say. Uh, you know, actually, no, it was too bad for James Gunn. If I go, if I go back, I'm pretty sure it was, uh, that was the aftermath guy. I forgot that I said there are consequences when you talk too much shit. But anyway, James Gunn with his shit from 10 years ago, was it disgusting? Yes. Was it horrible? Yes. Um, inexcusable? Yes. Is it worth losing your job, your career and everything? No. He apologized for it 10 years ago. He apologized for it four years ago. And he apologized for it last year. So I was on the side of James Gunn continuing to do Guardians of the Galaxy 3. And I had to refresh myself on what I think. Um, so to have him back, that's cool. You know, very smart of Disney. But it does beg the question, I've seen it asked too, well, was this the plan all along? Was this just to get to the merger um, without any incidents because of him? Was this the plan from Jump Street, right? We're not really firing you, but we're firing you. We'll bring you back when the merger is done. Um, we're not really firing. We just have to separate for a little while. This is why nothing has gone forward on Guardians 3. It's why they haven't looked at real, any real directors. They haven't done anything. But forget all the conspiracy theories. Forget everything else. Just happy that James Gunn is back. Just happy that he's doing Guardians 3 and that we'll get a Guardians 3 the way we should see it. Because, again, the best part of Infinity War was everything that James Gunn had to do with, right? The the Guardians meeting Thor. That whole that whole scene is phenomenal. And anytime the Guardians are on screen, they're phenomenal. So that's my take. I think he's, he's great for the MCU. If anything I still get excited about the MCU about, it's the Guardians um, and Thor lately. So after Ragnarok. Okay, enough nerd shit. I'm done. So, again, you guys shoot me some questions and comments, concerns, whatever the fuck, and I will hit them up next week. But until then... We'll see you in hell. What I was thinking is that we need to cut a promo. Yeah, I've been working on some ideas. It's just I don't really know where to go with it exactly. What if I got like a filter where we could just kind of talk normally and we can have kind of a script, but then yes. I can I can like filter it so that one of us will have one kind of voice and then one will have the other. I want to put my request. Make me as Freddy Krueger. Can you do that? Maybe instead of the voices, what if we tried to like write a skit, develop a whole thing, and we have a backstory? And but well, I don't know. That might be kind of too long. So well, like screeching cars and explosions and fireworks and yeah, and, yeah. Well, what about I like it. Maybe instead of you know doing a filter, we could just like reach out to Robert England himself and maybe Ooh. 
he can, you know, just record a promo for us sometime. Do you think, I, I mean, we I, might have to like raise some money. We can do a Kickstarter and we could just throw it out to like Robert England and, you know, sure, just, sure. just all kinds of actors. And, and I think people will do that. I think. Sure. Why not? Well, you know what? I don't know. Maybe we're overthinking this whole thing. How about if we just tell people where to find us? I like that. You can find us at Who Will Survive on iTunes, Stitcher, on the Legion Podcast Network, and on the Raw Live and Unedited Podcasting Network. Also on Facebook and Instagram under the same name. Oh, wait. Can we do it underwater uh, with that, piranhas killing me? That and would kind of be brutal. And if that doesn't work, then you can do the regular promo. All right. Well, just get in the water and I'll go get some fish. All right, cool. Join the Nerds with Attitude podcast each week, now part of the Raw Live Unedited Network, featuring the Nerds with Attitude podcast. Covering pop culture, nerd news, TV shows, movies, comics, no, and toys. Also, listen to Nerd Tunes with Scott and Kevin, movie reviews with President Rob, Kevin interviews, and more. And remember, keep it nerdy. Kevin interviews. Nope, that's the show about cats. I talk to cats. In a world with far too many Star Wars podcasts comes one more Star Wars podcast. The Sarlacc Digest, a bi-weekly show covering Star Wars news, toys, book reviews, fan theories, and new canon discussion. All wings report in. Join the Sarlacc Digest hosts as they bring you knowledge and lore. Man, whenever the Yuuzhan Vong dropped the moon on Chewbacca's head... I shed a Holy tear, shit, dude. What? Not f***ing canon. Jason and Jaina Solo. Why is it so hard for everybody to understand? The passion. So when Luke took off Vader's helmet, you could just see the sadness going in, the lighting and the, and the tears forming, and it's just, the, the soundtrack just starts raising. And uh, then, you know it's a movie, right? What? The fandom. Okay, so I have my Darth Vader camping chair for the line, my brand new exclusive Luke and Leia vans, my Star Wars pop vinyl wristband that I just got. Oh, oh did I tell you that I was going to get my next... Uh, and the collecting world. I got the orange card of figures. I got the green card. I got the red card. Okay, do you have circles on hand? No circles, half circle? Half circles? Half circle. You got Palpatine Blue Saber? I do, and the barge. What the f***? No, not the barge. The Sarlacc Digest, bringing you line talk and digesting Star Wars topics over a thousand years. Find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're proud members of the RLU, Raw Live and Unedited Podcasting Network. Find us, rawlivepod.com. Pigs and Fricks is uh, part of the Raw Live and Unedited Podcasting Network, which means you can listen to the podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, or the listening platform of your choice. Or you can go directly to rawlivepod.com. Yay!